Welcome to episode 456 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I am covering paranormal news. As always, you can find all episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me at the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions or stories of paranormal uh, experiences. Um, whether they're yours or from others that you trust, happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening. Whether you are here for the live streams on Discord or if you listen on the podcast or YouTube feeds or on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP Digital Broadcasting. Uh, there you can hear replays of two episodes of my show every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. As always, I want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, and Liam Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing the shows and putting them, putting them on the station. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others and rate the show on your uh, podcast platform of choice. Uh, you can also um, find books that I've written, uh, paranormal fiction and nonfiction, over on Amazon, with uh, one hopefully coming uh, soon, and, and or at least relatively soon, within the next year or so. Um, and uh, you can also... Join the Patreon, where I will be sharing one extra episode of the show every month, uh, True Paranormal Stories from the Web, and that will be available to all uh, membership tiers. So it doesn't matter which one you want to sign up for, uh, any, uh, any of them is fine, you'll still get the episodes. And um, so and then there's also, if you just want to make a one-time donation, you can always uh, do that through PayPal and or uh, Venmo. And um, and go that route. Um, all help is never expected, but always appreciated. If you like the show um, and if you want to keep going as it is and maybe get better, um, help would be appreciated, though, uh, just because there are expenses in doing the show, uh, from equipment to research materials to travel expenses. Uh, as I said before, I will be going to the Mid-Michigan Paracon at the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. This November 4th and 5th. That's a, that's a weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, I'll be going there, and that's in um, Mount Pleasant, Michigan. I'll be going there to that event, and just to walk around and and um, record, um, do some voice recordings and uh, about the experience, and hopefully talk with some people, and maybe even get some recordings of some people if they, if they would like. Uh, talk about their paranormal experiences. And or even just their thoughts on the paranormal. And uh, then I'll share all those when I get back from the event with you all on the show. So, um, really looking forward to that. Been planning for that for a little while now. And uh, that should be fun. So, um, I think that covers everything. Uh, so, I think I'll get on with the show here. And uh, so, as always, I put all of the material that I use for these new shows and the Discord, in the Show Notes and Sources uh, channel. So you can check out the links there, and uh, get, read, read them all, basically, it, uh, 
as they are the entire articles because I just summarize them and uh, share them on the show in that way. So, um, so I have five of them today. We'll see how many we get through. Uh, this first one is from. I'm not sure how you say this. Leicester, Leicester, Mercury.co.uk, and uh, this is about a um, a hotspot in the UK. I didn't I didn't think to uh, copy the the article titles. Basically, unexplainable uh, bright oval among uh, the area. Basically. So, this is uh, this has been a identified as a, uh, a hotspot for UFO sightings in the UK, according to data from the UFO spotter website UFO Identified. Uh, the city has had the most unexplained sightings, with three logged since April of 2021. Huh? That's not no. I don't know. Uh, other towns in, um, so this is a, I guess, like a, a county or an area, uh, Leicestershire, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, sorry about that, but this is an area, so it includes several towns, including Colville, Hinkley, well, that's hard to say, Market Harborough, um, have also reported strange objects in the sky. The figures suggest that many sightings go unreported due to fear of ridicule, which is definitely a thing. Uh, the data also reveals that nearly half of the documented sightings include photographic or video evidence. Uh, some UFO spotters believe that the UK government may be uh, communicating with US officials about UFO programs with uh, claims of a possible cover-up, of course. However, the uh, Ministry of Defense denies any involvement in UFO work, stating that they uh, ceased investigating such reports reports in 2009. So um, that's basically just a summary of that article. Um, but uh, it does sound like there's sightings there, which is always interesting. Um, because I do think there's something going on, and uh, I think that there's definitely a, a case to be made for a lot of that being just uh, technology, uh, human-made technology. But I, I do think there's a lot of other stuff out there that maybe, uh, maybe is not that. So um, this next one is from Narcity. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Narcity.com, and this is about a. Uh, a haunted theater in Toronto, and um, basically you can uh, check it out. This is the Elgin. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. And White Garden or Winter Garden. I'm sorry, theater in Toronto. Uh, it's a historic theater known for its haunted history and paranormal activity. I did a whole thing, um, at least one show. I can't remember. Maybe more shows on haunted theaters a while ago because that is such a common thing. Uh really is amazing, because just so many theaters um, have reports of activity. So, um, visitors have reported seeing apparitions, hearing strange noises, and experiencing uh, 
uh, paranormal, basically unexplained things, uh, during ghost tours at the theater. The Lavender Lady, Sam the Trombone Player, and other spirits are believed to haunt the theater, making it a popular destination for those seeking a spooky adventure, of course. Uh, the Elgin and Winter Garden Theater in Toronto is known for uh, its haunted history with multiple ghosts said to uh, reside within its walls. Visitors now have the opportunity to explore the theater after dark and search for spirits with the, uh, let me see here, the Haunted Walk Toronto, which is apparently a company that does these things. And uh, the Lavender Lady is often encountered on the ground staircase and uh, and uh, in the elevators. Other spirits uh, have been uh, excuse me uh, been encountered through un uh, disembodied voices. The theater is offering a paranormal adventure experience. For those who want to investigate for themselves. And it mentions the tour. It takes about two hours. Um, and they go over the the prices and all that. But um, it's always interesting when these theaters do that. Because on the one hand, yes, they are making money. But also in another way, a lot of these places, these theaters... Depending on their history and everything, they some of them are historical sites that are um, sort of they need to be they need renovations and or just upkeep to keep them from sort of falling apart over time. And um, so I know that there's sort of a, a um, possible reaction to this idea of them doing ghost tours or whatever, but the thing is there may be a reason for that besides the just the um desire to make money again i think in a lot of cases it's because there is reports of activity in a place and also the money can help keep the place going and and uh intact to preserve the history and the the building itself so um that's um i think it's important to look into the sort of the the group doing hosting the events and everything and see what they um, how they do things, how much of their money goes to the sort of the building itself, that that kind of thing. I think um, those groups that do that and and where most of the money does go to the place, that's I think that's a uh, not a bad exchange, um, basically for the the chance to go in a place like that and check it out. So uh, as I said before, I've done that before a few times with places here in Michigan and. Uh, at a few events where all the proceeds went to the upkeep and renovation of the locate of the location, and uh, basically you're paying around the price or even less than the price of a major concert ticket in a lot of cases. So uh, I really think it's a as long as you check into the group that you're going to be going with. I think it it's a an amazing opportunity to go check these places out. So. Um, this next one is from KROC.com. This one go is another um, sort of entry into that that idea of haunted workplaces, haunted buildings that are not just ha uh, houses 
or uh, hospitals or hotels or just um, sort of businesses, business sites that are used for just regular things. In this case, it's a restaurant. Um, and this is a haunted uh, Dairy Queen, in this case, uh, in St. Anthony, Minnesota. And uh, so reported activity here uh, include disembodied children's voices laughing, basically, employees hearing their names being called after closing, uh, items falling from shelves or disappearing, unexplained cold spots. Now, I'm guessing, I mean, if it's a sort of like an ice cream place, they have their areas where they have their freezers and all that. So I'm wondering, I'm guessing they, they, they're pretty good at telling when it's a something generated by the technology there, like the freezers and everything there. But uh, feeling of being watched by former employees, that's an interesting one. And that is not uncommon in places, especially that have been around for a long time. Uh, bathroom door shutting by itself. Things falling from walls. That can be explained sometimes by vibrations, um, but not always. Uh, the entrance door opening opens and closes on its own. Uh, a customer there saw a shadow figure behind a woman at the drive-thru. And um, so just a lot of, lot of uh, things going on there. So, um, so yeah, that's basically it for that one. Just a really uh, neat look into some of the activity in a, in a, uh, a business that has nothing to do with the paranormal even really much of anything except for just that one factor of course of serving people and and all that but um but yeah so a neat article there talk about that and that goes on to other topics as well um haunted hotels and those kinds of things you can check that out as well so uh, let me see here uh let me check on the chat here but yeah these have been some Neat articles tonight. Um, found them earlier today. And, uh, oh, here we go. Hello, Rohan. Uh, let me see here. Lee, or Leicester. Leicestershire. Okay. And I'm sorry for butchering that, Rohan. So, words are hard, as I always say. Especially names and pronunciations. But, um, but yeah, so, okay, good. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, these, uh, these places, I love all these, these stories of these places. It's sort of like the opposite end of the true paranormal stories from the web that I do, those shows. This is sort of like the public facing side of that. I, I like to think anyway. That's why I look for these articles about these places that are, are said to be haunted or have paranormal activity, um, from the news organizations, because then it's sort of more of a public thing, but you get to hear about possibly all of the activity in a location from from sort of a, a um everyone's perspective just reports from as many people as possible in one location so that's why i like to do those articles that's why i look for those kinds of articles so much um that's why i don't cover a lot of um sort of current event articles even on the paranormal uh in terms of following like TV shows or 
documentaries. I don't do a lot of that because I feel like that's already done more than enough. And um, I'm interested in the, like I said, sort of the stuff that, that goes under the radar unless you're looking for that kind of stuff. So uh, that's why I like to share these articles about these sightings, both of um, in terms of uh, supposedly haunted locations and also um, UFO sightings. So that's why I cover sort of these more, um, these stories that are not out there everywhere being talked about by every major platform, every major show. So, because I saw a couple of stories that I could have, um, could have shared here, but they're really been already talked about quite a bit. So, um, anyway, moving on to the next article here. I have two more, so we'll see if we can get through these. Uh, this is from jpost.com. And this is about a mysterious green fireball sighting in Louisiana that has sparked fascination and anxiety, anxiety of course, um, when you don't know what things are, among residents, uh, with some believing it to be a UFO rather than a meteor. And... I know some some skeptical people might hear that and think, well, it's probably a meteor. But the thing is, we don't know all, uh, uh, for sure that other entities and or craft can't appear as uh, to be like meteors. Um, you hear stories about them where people think, oh, that's a meteor. That's coming down. And then... Um, it does something like it stops or it changes direction <laughs> and then goes off somewhere else. So that's the amazing part of all of this to me is, um, yeah, in a lot of cases, I'm sure it is. It, it can be a, a meteor or something coming down from the sky that's, that's just part of nature as we, as we think of it. But then there's other cases where these things fly in different ways where they fly instead of just falling. And um, so that's why I always look at all these stories about anything along those lines. So getting back to the story here. Um, let me see here. So experts are investigating the phenomenon and are considering the possibility of extraterrestrial existence coinciding with the release of classified government documents on UFOs. That's regarding sort of recent, like within the last few weeks, all the um, the hearings and all those things that went on. The incident has gained significant attention on social media, uh, generating discussions and debates about UFOs and the disclosure of secretive information. So uh, these uh, residents of this, the state of Louisiana uh, witnessed a mysterious green fireball in the sky. The sky. Uh, some experts believe it was a meteor, but locals are convinced it was a UFO. The sightings uh, have sparked interest. That's kind of repeating itself. Um, so the, uh, the experts they were talking about are the American Meteorological Society. Uh, this event comes at a time, again, talking about the sort of the, um, the, the government interest in all this. So 
that's basically where um, it ends. Uh, social media has been uh, talking about or giving, um, speculating about the object. So not a lot of details there, but um, like I said, I always keep track of of those sightings that that seem like possibly just a meteor. Just as much as I keep track of the uh, sightings of things that appear to be craft, because you never know. So, um, let me see here. Yeah, I think I have time for this last article. So, let me see here. Uh, one moment here. So this last one is from, uh, let me see here, uh, how do you say, okay, the Baltimore Banner.com. and um, this is, uh, this is about a medical library, this is the, um, this is about Marsha Crocker, um, I'm not sure if you say this as noise, no, 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 oh, it's literally the last name. Never seen this form. I'm not. I'm not picking at it. But N O Y E S was a dedicated li- librarian of the Maryland State Medical Society. Uh, said to continue uh, continue to hunt the library even after she had passed in 1946. The library's collection of outdated medical books offers a fascinating glimpse into the bizarre practices, medical practices of the past. Of course, that's over 60, 70, almost 80 years ago. So things will change in the medical fields, I'm sure, a lot in that time. Plans are underway to open a medical history museum next year, uh, which may provide an opportunity for visitors to learn about uh, Marsha's ghostly presence. Uh, she was a dedicated librarian at the this library. Um, at the um, Maryland... Let's see here. Maryland State Medical Society for 50 years. Even after her death in 1946, she is said to uh, haunt the library with reports of her being heard and even seen in some cases. Uh, Marcia was known for her commitment to her job, providing doctors with books on various medical topics at all hours of the day. Uh, the society plans to open a the museum next year where um her story will be featured and uh so let's see that despite her relative anonymity marcia has gained rec- recognition as one of baltimore's oh uh basically one of the, the these uh famous apparitions or um figures in Mar- maryland in baltimore uh let's see here so the building itself has a uh, odd atmosphere with old portraits and medical artifacts. Some staff members uh, claim to have encountered Marsh's ghost, uh, but she is described as more friendly than spooky, often playing pranks like moving objects uh, or flickering lights. So um, those those kinds of stories are always amazing. The uh, it's almost like a stereotype now at this point, the idea of a library ghost. Of course, there's that whole famous scene in Ghostbusters, but uh really is amazing when these these stories come up. And I I can I can totally understand that. Um 
just be, basically, if it wasn't for my eyes sort of getting worse, I'd be in the library a lot more than I am now. So, and then maybe even haunt it eventually, uh, if I if I could still read the books as a, as I could before. But um, that's all the news for today. Thank you all for listening, and I will talk to you all on the next episode of Salcedo Paranormal. Take care.